Hey there, it's Bear Bear. Welcome to Bear Squared Podcast. Hey there, it's Bear Bear. Welcome to Bear Squared Podcast. Today is the 20th episode to my podcast, and it is also the finale to the first season of A Quarter of Music and Me. So, to end the season, I would like to do something really special is that I would share the same topic in three different languages. So I will do English this week, Mandarin the next week, and Cantonese for the last week. So what I'm going to share about is a little bit of my experience with living alone. Another reason as to why I'm doing this is because this is kind of a campaign to promote Stop Asian Hate. And also, it is kind of a gift to my Mandarin-speaking or Cantonese-speaking listeners because uh, those are the majority of my listeners, according to what I've seen on the analytics on Spotify and Anchor. The last time I really shared anything about myself was the international school episode. So this week, I've decided to share a little bit about my experience with living alone. I know many people who leave their childhood homes at a young age or study or live abroad do live alone, but a majority of Asians in Asia tend to live with family unless they decide to settle in a place far away from home. Many people dream of living alone because they get the freedom to choose a lifestyle that they really want. However, with freedom comes with responsibility. For people who did leave home for university and stayed in a dorm or something, many of you will thoroughly understand the issues and struggles of having to learn many things new the moment you step out of your comfort zone called home. So here it is. This episode is going to be sharing about the things you should know or should have in mind when you decide to live alone, home or abroad. First and foremost, the most basic thing you'd have to learn to do alone is chores. Not just simple chores such as washing the dishes and wiping them dry or sweeping and vacuuming the floor. The chores I'm talking about is a long list from scrubbing the toilet, washing linen, all sorts of laundry, being able to read and understand the laundry labels in your clothes and on the machine and on the detergent bottle, and changing the light bulbs when it goes off, making sure you have toilet paper within arm's reach because no one is going to help you when you run out, and wiping the windows and mirror without leaving a wet streak, taking the calc off the sink, the kettle, the iron, oh yes, the iron, and having to iron your clothes or even hand wash some of them because it will turn into a baby sweater if you dump it in the machine. <sighs> hand washing is like, a basic for lingerie because the washing machine will shred it into pieces. Oh, and not just lingerie, but your underwear and your stockings as well. Yeah, these are the chores you need to have in mind before you live alone, just to name a few. And you need to have in mind that the time it takes to do these things can span from one to five working days, depending on your laziness and fatigue. Back at home, you might have a helper, an auntie, your parents, or your sibling who might share some of the chores. Or if you're willing to spend the money, you may put most of your clothes with a dry cleaner or hire cleaner service. 
but those options are not always available, depending on where you're going to live, the culture in your country that you're living in, your bank account, and most importantly, if there is something going on in the world, just like this pandemic, which made many non-essential shops, such as the laundromat, close. But the perk to living alone is privacy, choice, and freedom. I quite enjoy doing these things in comparison to the readings and essays when I was in school. So living alone as a student is quite fun. But spending the whole day at work and you go home to find a million things for you to do to keep the bare minimum in terms of hygiene when you just want to melt down into your sofa? Yeah, that doesn't sound great. The second most important thing to have an idea of is food. Not just in terms of cooking, but how different spices and ingredients go together and how to choose fresh and good fresh produce. You know how people slap the watermelon to see if it's sweet or something, right? Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You have to know that bruises on fruits and veggies mean that someone has pressed on it too hard. You have to know that you need to put a little sugar in your dishes that are meant to be salty so the flavor comes out. Or there's something that less people know is that when you try to make Vietnamese, Thai, Korean, or other similar cuisines, that fish sauce is absolutely essential and also fermented shrimp paste too, even if it smells like a gas leakage when you sniff it on its own. Like, there was this legendary story that has been told to the corners of the world, from Europe to Australia. So basically, the story tells how this international student tried to cook rice with her rice cooker without putting in water and triggered the fire alarm and caused the whole dorm to have to evacuate. Do you want to be the next person who does this? Probably not. So be sure to have some basic idea about your food before you live alone. Because you never know when an apocalypse will happen and all restaurants close, which means you have to feed yourself with your own home-cooked food and not poison yourself. The third most important thing to have in mind when you live alone is navigation and safety. You have to expect that you're going to have to go to places alone if you live alone. You can't always rely on others to come to the rescue and bring you to where you're supposed to be. So at the very least, you'll have to know how to use Google Maps or read a map. You also need to take care of your own safety because if you don't take the extra mile to text your whereabouts to a friend or family, no one will know if you go missing or encounter something bad until it's too late. Adopting habits where you don't easily disclose your personal information and the habit of telling a trusted friend or family where you're going and around what time you're going to be back and habits of pretending that you're at home by leaving a lamp on and also the habit of locking your doors, especially if you're inside are small things that you have to keep in mind for your safety if you live alone, especially if it's in a foreign country where you don't have any family nearby. Last but not least, the thing you should keep in mind when you live alone is that you come home to nobody. 
and no nobody is waiting for you. It's often very quiet unless you play music or a video in the background. It's also so much easier to be startled by sudden noises like a creaking floorboard or a knock from upstairs. Also, since you're alone, you'll have to deal with situations such as killing a spider or a bug, or moving houses, or paying bills, and run other errands alone. With these few things in mind, I'm sure living alone for the first time won't throw you off your guard too much. I think that living alone is a crucial experience for personal growth and knowing your boundaries in terms of lifestyle, hygiene, and other personal habits. Living alone trains your discipline and self-control because there's no one that will keep you on track, like a housemate who's squeaky clean, or family members who have allergies. It's great to live alone before moving in with friends or your significant other, because you will understand the effort and time it takes to create a home that is comfortable and a lifestyle that is enjoying. The experience of living alone is liberating, and makes a person more thankful towards the people around them that makes their time at home more comfortable. Learning to take care of yourself is the first step to be able to take care of others. So I do highly recommend living alone for a certain period of time, and actively learn to do the four things I just mentioned: to learn to take care of your home, learn to feed, learn to be safe, and learn to spend time with yourself. I hope many of you who want to live alone may have an idea as to what it's like, and for people who are or have lived alone, agree with the things that, that I just said. For me personally, the favorite thing about living alone is just being able to be quiet and to do nothing. Like if you're around other people, you tend to have to talk to them, or they tend to want you to do something with them, like play games or watch TV or you know just interact. But if you live alone, you just have more time to reflect on your day in general, and you just have more time to yourself to think and reflect on what you're doing, and also just enjoy being quiet and enjoy being calm. And for especially for me, I'm from Hong Kong, and it's very busy, it's very loud, and it's very hectic all the time. So it it's kind of a gift to just be quiet and just. Contemplate on things that you know you need. You need some space and time and quiet in order to think. So I feel that living alone is that was the favorite part of living alone to me, and also the kitchen because my mom hates it when I go into the kitchen because you know the kitchen is like her territory. She's so scared of me spilling things or like dropping things or breaking things. So I just never had the chance to you know cook and like experience with cooking that much when I'm at home. But when I live alone, when I'm outside, I get to experience a bit more with my cooking, and I tend to make some food that. Maybe my parents don't really like, so that's another part of being, another perk of living alone. 
And thirdly is... Mm, I'm just really lazy, so... <laughs> sometimes I spend the holiday just in bed the whole day. But, you know, you can't, you can't do that at home. So if you live alone, you can just enjoy yourself thoroughly, I guess. This is the end of season one of A Quarter of Music and Me. And I hope you thoroughly enjoyed these 20 episodes that I've released. For the Mandarin and Cantonese versions, please, 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 please stay tuned to next week and the week after that. And also stay tuned for more quality content in May. So season two will be a length of 10 episodes that solely talks about the piano, such as the history of the instrument itself, the different music for piano, the notable composers on the piano, and notable performers and technique. For those of you who are wondering why I haven't talked about some composers or topics for the past season, this is because I've been saving it for now. So feel free to talk to me on my Instagram, squared underscore podcast. And maybe, maybe sometime I will create short episodes in between the seasons to share and update about other things. Thank you for being with me for the past 150 days. See you soon. Bye!